Hello everyone, this is Jim Barton. Welcome to Bloody Mary Bible Brunch. I am here with Reverend Abigail Conley. And we are going to talk about healthcare and specifically the healthcare uh, debate that just concluded in the United States Senate. So, um, for those of you who don't know, we just uh, finished with a heated debate over whether to repeal the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare. Um, we had the dramatic return of Senator McCain, ironically enough, from cancer treatment uh, to come in and uh, vote to open the issue for debate, which caused uh, many of us who opposed what was happened to be very upset with him. But in the end of the day, um, Senator Collins and Senator Murkowski joined 48 Democrats and Senator McCain to um, vote against a measure which was really particularly gruesome, where they would just repeal um, the Affordable Care Act and not have a replacement in place. So, um, besides my work as Bloody Mary Bible Brunch amateur theologian, um, my day job is uh, I'm the attorney for the Democratic Party, so my card's on the table. I was pretty upset to see the Republicans try and do this, and I was happy to see the Democrats get a little bit of help from a few senators on the Republican side. But that's all politics, and uh, this is uh, about the Bloody Mary Bible Brunch. And so, Abby, what do you think? Does this have anything to do with our faith? So if, um, you know, as progressive Christians, we struggle a lot with all of the miracles in the Bible. What do we do with this? What does it inform our faith? And a huge portion of those are healing miracles. And they come in a variety of ways from the earliest recorded scriptures. So Elijah is the big deal prophet, some of the oldest written stuff anywhere in the entire Bible. And what does he do? He goes, he stays with the widow, he says, hey, you should feed me, um, and produces food, and um, is able to feed her and her son, as well as himself, on just a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil for a long time. Well, then that son, whose life had been threatened by the lack of food, falls ill, and he's going to die. And so, what does Elijah do? He goes upstairs, he prays to God, he stretches his own body over the boys three times, and he heals them. So that's a really early story of healing. And then by Jesus, you get all kinds of stories of healing. You get some where there's somebody blind, and so he mixes up mud and makes a paste and says, oh yeah, go and wash in this pool and you'll be healed. You get some where he goes to a house and there's someone sick and says, oh, get up, they're better. Um, in one case, like, the woman immediately begins serving them, which is, you know, ticked off plenty of female pastors <laughs> in um, the world. It's and really then, hard, like, to, for example, the, the first gospel, Gospel of Mark, I, I mean, listen, you can't read it without it being just, it's, it's just, it's full of healing stories. Yeah. And that's, like, very obviously a part of what the, the church is understanding what Jesus did. Right. And it comes up over and over and over again. And because of that then, the stories that we told about the early apostles and recording the book of Acts, they're able to heal too. There's even stories of people being healed by objects they touch. So by the Middle Ages, this has developed into the um, tra tradition of relics. If you go and touch the bones of this saint, you'll be healed. If you go and touch this object, you'll be healed. So it becomes that much of a tradition just ingrained that being in the presence of God means that you will be healed of physical illness. And I also think it's worth noting that um, in the Matthew 25 scripture where Jesus is talking about separating the sheep and the goats, mm -hmm. Jesus says they brought together the nations 
the people of all the nations and, and separated them. And the ones who cared for the poor and the sick got into the kingdom. And the ones that didn't, you know, went to the fires of hell. Right. And so, again, that is that is a context of a national context. That's not just a uh, an act of an individual uh, minister healing people. Right. And that's kind of the biblical witness of let's talk about this. But Christians then took it to mean let's set up systems. Let's be the people who put in hospitals and care for people. Let's be the one who welcome people regardless of ability to pay. Um, you know, when you hear, like, there's, even when I say the ability to pay, I think of a St. Jude commercial because that came comes up over and over again. We'll, we'll take you regardless of your ability to pay. Well, guess what? St. Jude is a Christian saint, and I don't know his official title, but... Um, commonly known as the patron saint of the impossible. Mm -hmm. And this is a long, long tradition that Christians would set up hospitals, would provide health care in the poorest, most needed places ever. Um, and in our own country, much of the rural parts of the country are covered by religiously affiliated hospitals that are hoping to continue to serve the poorest among them. And so you do have this Christian narrative that... What God wants for these people is that they be treated and hopefully healed, and we are partners in that. And so we do everything to make that possible, even if we're not making a profit. And that gets to something, you know, it's funny, you mentioned the relics, too, mm -hmm. which I don't think we're fans of the relics, right? I mean, that's kind of what happened, um, that's that, you know, sort of a, one of the many things that sort of ticked off Martin Luther and sort uh -huh. of the Protestant Reformation. And... Um, a lot of the issue of healthcare is about how to best provide it. Mm -hmm. And so, so for example, frankly, I'm not a super fan of Obamacare. Um, I, I, think it has, uh, I think it has lots of complexities that are unnecessary. I think um, it, it keeps the profit motive present in, um, in healthcare, which I don't think is a good, I don't think is a benefit. Um, but, you know, this issue of like, well, do we have, do we use go through insurance or do we use single payer or... Should we just all be fee-for-service? Or, I mean, what does the Bible tell us about that? I mean, the Bible doesn't really teach us about the details of how to provide health care, does it? It doesn't teach us the details, but it teaches us the goal. And so the goal is people receive the health care that they need and without cost if it comes to it. And we as Christians should be willing to bear the cost of the health care for our brothers and sisters. Of course. Because part of... I mean, maybe if you did nothing else with the gospel, if you just said, hey, this is not about you, it would do a whole lot of good. It's not about you. It's about all of us, and it's about how we are together. And that teaches us on how, when we're invited, because honestly, when I hear the conversation about the healthcare debate, I mean, this was really pitched as political battles. I mean, you know, there's a lot of complexities about this, like, sort of courageous decision by John McCain, which, in a lot of times, is just him poking Trump in the eye again. I mean, honestly, it's a part of it. I mean, we see, um, you know, um, what I understand is that it, they wanted to phase out Medicare slower, and so it was this very detailed thing, and sort of feelings get hurt, and so McCain votes a certain way because he was upset they were phasing it out in two years instead of ten. You know, all this kind of like all this kind of stuff that's happening, this sort of uh, palace intrigue kind of nonsense. When honestly, the discussion I think is missed is how can we most effectively care for everyone? How can we provide health care to everyone? And um, you know, it's not okay if, oh, 
30 million people lose health insurance and just are not able to care for themselves. And that's just, I think that to me is the real point where our Christian faith intersects with this. You know, the compromises, maybe that's complicated, maybe there's a lot of stuff that happens, but surely we have to be evaluating it on the face of how are we caring for the sick. So a few weeks ago, Jim and I were in the same place here listening to another preacher, Reverend Dr. William Barber. If you haven't heard of him, you should Google his name. Um, and we heard him preach a sermon in which he said, to take $700 billion away from sick people is the worst transfer of wealth since slavery. And I think that hit a lot of us in the gut in a right. very real way. Um, because as we talk about systems of delivery and all of this, one of the biggest problems is a basic need has become a means of profit. And not of minimal profit, of massive amounts of profit. Which has bred the corruption that has made the system so broken. Right. And so we stand here looking at an intensely broken system. Mm-hmm. And to compare it as the sort of wickedness that is associated with slavery mm-hmm. is powerful. Mm-hmm. And it does give it the kind of context of the sort of wickedness that cannot be easily undone. And so, um, but I do think as Christians, we can encourage our politicians um, to move in the direction that is for greater justice. Yeah. Because I think we were talking before about this isn't about charity, it's about justice. Right, and one of the things that I have talked a lot about healthcare, having kind of run the gamut of all sorts of things. Um, you know, when I didn't have health insurance, the one year when I wasn't in school and couldn't be on my parents, because there were a lot of young adults before Affordable Care Act that fell into that, I got an ear infection and I needed to go to the doctor. So I called two clinics, one of which was with, affiliated with a for-profit hospital, one of which was affiliated with a Roman Catholic hospital. The for-profit hospital said, you don't have insurance, we can't see you. The one affiliated with the Roman Catholic Hospital said, yeah, here's your appointment later today. When they saw no insurance, they discount your services 10% and say, all right, if you pay us in full, great, we'll add this other discount to it. And then very intentionally looked and said, all right, there's a $4 prescription that will treat your ear infection. So we're going to write you the prescription for that instead of these other options that you need insurance for. So that's, that's charity. And that's making my particular thing better. But how much better if when you walk into a place, you can assume that, oh, I'm not going to walk out of here not knowing how I'm going to pay my rent, not knowing how I'm going to buy food tonight, all of those things. That's justice. And we have to move toward that away from those pockets of places that are doing charity. That's the kingdom of God. Yeah. So, all right. Well, with that as our goal, I think that wraps up our conversation on um, health care for this time. Um, And until next time, cheers.